my four grandkids uh, went to tween camp, and uh, they're not here today because they were starting here, but one of them went home feeling ill. So um, they will share next week, Lord willing. And uh, we'll have, my wife is going to have a little video of that next week that shows just some of the fun times. For those of you uh, who are in that age grouping, um, which I am not, um, but I've gone and, and been there with our kids. But it's, uh, there are so many fun activities that they do, and their church services are just amazing. They had, they had 80 kids this year uh, in tween camp. So it was a, a great turnout for our tweeners, and uh, uh, we're excited about it's now just officially kids with a Z camp. So, I know, they changed the name. I'm back a year or two. Um, that's all right. It's okay to be back a couple years, right, Elaine? Elaine gives me permission to be back a couple years. All righty. But um, we do have um, our youth pastor here, Tabitha, and we had youth camp this week, and I don't know who all's sharing, but that's going to be up to her uh, to direct that. And so I just am going to turn it over to her to share some of that. So Matthew actually is, she's already directing. She pointed to Matthew. So Matthew's going to come. He went as um, assisting uh, another group. So, Hello, everybody. My voice is still recovering um, because I'm still a child, and I don't know how to not yell at kids camp so or youth camp. Anyway, um, so I always enjoy going to youth camp, and there are many reasons why, but I love seeing what, um, uh, it's a place where uh, kids can be vulnerable, um, where they don't feel like they have to, I don't know why kids do this, adults do it too, so you know, it's a learned thing, but we hold on to stuff that happens, and we just bottle it up, and we never deal with it, and we don't move on. Maybe you guys are better. Maybe you guys are actually adults. I don't know. So anyway, um, so one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm really talking about what I got from the kids, and Tabby will bring, like, more substantial stuff. But if you guys want to write down any of the questions that I, you know, put out to you, feel free. So one of the things was how often do we honestly check on people? So it was brought to my attention that I am really good at saying, hey, how are you doing? And then moving on. You know, it's, it's hey, how are you doing in passing? And, and just keep on walking, and I'm gone. Because, you know, to actually ask the question and be there to listen is hard. <laughs> so my mom has been good at this for years. You'd think that I'd learn, but no. Uh, so there, there are a lot of things that it, you just need to see it in a different light. Um, and so that was this youth camp for me. So, um, one of the things that, uh, was a very, very pivotal part of youth camp was how many kids are trying to carry a burden that they don't need to. Uh, I know several people that talked about, like, man, I, I just have to be the strong one, you know, um, and they, they feel like they have certain things forced upon them. And um, from hearing some of the stories, 
they definitely shouldn't be things that kids need to have on their shoulders. Um, I know that uh, people come from different areas of life, but it, it's, it's a pretty rough thing to be able to watch and have like kids experiencing stuff that not even adults should really have to ever experience. So um, anyway. Um, and then another thing was, um, are you a trustworthy person? So the, um, a lot of kids are looking for someone to talk to. But the number of times that I ask them, so uh, who do you trust to like share this information with? Like, you know, because sometimes they don't want to talk to just everybody. And the number of times that it was, um, nah, I don't trust that person. I, I don't think they're trustworthy or something along those lines. It just kind of blew me away. Um, so uh, there, there are times that I, I have to be careful. I, ha I just have to be careful with who I share stuff with because I know that if I share it with certain people, it will get around, which I'm not saying is bad in all situations because if you say happy birthday to someone and you tell someone it's their birthday like yeah it's okay for everyone to know that it's going to be your birthday but sometimes they want it to be shared with you and for it to end there because they're going through stuff and they don't just want everything to go through and be public knowledge that's why you know a lot of people aren't on facebook anyway um so i, I was just thinking about what what can we do to actually make sure that when we're having conversations with people, and especially young people, um, what can we do to actually show that we're trustworthy, um, that we're, we're there for them to talk to, um, that we're actually listening? Um, I don't know, there, there's still quite a few thoughts going through my head, but tho those were kind of the, the main points that I was thinking about was just As a church body, why are we not the ones that people turn to to actually talk about their issues? I understand that there's a lot of counselors out there and stuff like that, but some pe sometimes people just need somebody to listen. But I also feel like sometimes it turns, the church turns into a gossip group. And that's, I'm not placing blame on anyone, it just happens. Um, and so it just trying to reframe the, the thinking of things, what, what can we do to be people that are serving God so that when people are struggling, cause life is hard and people need to be able to talk stuff through cause I mean, um, one of the ladies at camp was talking about how, you know, uh, kids are, the first kid is hard, um, and, and, like, it gets harder until, like, the third kid, and then the fourth kid and after, like, is a piece of cake, um, but 
when, when you're going through something new, it's quite challenging and you're not quite sure what to do. And most of us try to do stuff on our own because strong, I don't know. Um, but there's also something to be said about asking for help in those early times because you don't have everything figured out. Um, and so anyway, by the time you're, you know, four, four events in, you know, you're like, oh yeah, psh, th this is all a piece of cake now, but you know, there, there'll be something that comes up that will kind of shake your boat a little bit, but it's always good to have those trustworthy people that you can turn to and say, hey, help, help me settle down a little bit. Help me, you know, get back on track because we're not perfect and no one's asking anyone to be perfect. Um, I think there's, there's only been one pers perfect person on this world um, and none of us are him. So anyway, I think that's it. I've rambled on a bit. So Braden's up next. So. I have no idea how I'm supposed to follow up with that, but we'll see how it goes. So mine's more on the lighthearted side of things that I experienced at camp, not the super deep, serious stuff. But there were a couple things that were very surprising, especially the fact that the boys at camp were 10 times easier to deal with than the girls. All of the boys were super calm, super chill, except for like three or four over in the corner that wanted to start trouble. The girls had ridiculous amounts of energy and they were just everywhere. And somehow the boys were also cleaner, which makes no sense because I remember my hygiene habits at their age. But it was really cool getting to see all these kids interact with each other and then the different leaders and pastors from the different groups seeing levels of communication with people that they had never met before that surpassed their youth leaders or pastors because they communicated in a similar way. Like I know it's always been difficult for me to communicate certain things with either my parents or my wife or friends, but there's two speakers now that I've met at the last two events that I've been to and within minutes of talking to these people, I feel like I have a connection with them because they communicate in very similar ways to me. And that's something that I've never really been able to find. So seeing these kids meet these people and finding new ways to communicate and being able to actually tell people what they're going through, like Matt's saying, being able to actually confide in somebody what they're dealing with, the issues they're having, and actually being able to have somebody to help them figure out ways that they might be able to improve their situation. It's just really cool. Being able to see kids both help each other, some kids help adults, and then vice versa. So it was just a fun experience. I mean, there was all kinds of games going on. And like I said, there was kids everywhere just having fun. Most of them, they did their own thing for part of the time. And then when it came time to do the more formal stuff, they came back to us and we just got it done. But I will pass it off to my wife now because I'm sure she actually planned something. <laughs> did a great job. Hi, everybody. So 
just to touch on what he was saying, um, I think sometimes parents, uh, and I think my mom touched on this while she was there, if anyone goes without their kids, it's a different environment. But as soon as you bring your own kids into it, like, there's like this, don't be bad, don't do this, rah, rah, rah. Like, and that's how parents, I feel like, are. Because I know I went to every single event all throughout my life with my parents. Okay, so I was always like, don't be doing this, don't make our family look bad, rah, rah, rah. And as hard as that is, it's a good thing, but it's sometimes a bad thing. So I know my mom took some little boys, and they did a great job. They had a lot of fun. And if, when, if they went with any other just counselor, just leader, the leader would have just let them do the things that they wanted to do, and they would have just, like, calmed them down a little bit. But not everything they would they have nitpicked. So it's hard to do that when it's your own kids. So just, like, in a life thing, you nitpick your children a lot, and then when they're in an environment like that with, like, leaders that they trust and can be vulnerable with, they tend to kind of flourish, and then they can go back home and hopefully take some of those things and, you know, run with them in their own life. So I have some stuff I prepared for today, um, touching on what we talked about throughout the week. So, um, sorry, let me get to my page. So influencer was the theme of this year. Uh, obviously, all the kids always think of all the social medias and all that stuff. Who are they being influenced by? Who are they influencing? Um, and so that's kind of the whole point of, of this year. And one of the things is, who are you going to allow to speak into your life? Also, what are you speaking into your own lives? Are you speaking death and chaos over your family every day? Or are you speaking life? The people that, um, and we also talked a lot about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, that it isn't just for special people. Like, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit after denying Christ and cutting off someone's ear, even though Jesus told him not to, you know, and he was still filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so it's not just for special people back in those days. Like, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit now. And... I would go deeper into that, but it's a whole big topic, and so I'm going to kind of veer off into some other, thi- other stuff for today. But um, So today we're going to talk about our calling. Um, so the people Jesus called were not the exceptions. All of us have a calling. We have to decide if we want to walk in that calling or if we want to ignore it. Uh, like Gideon, um, if you want to turn with me, um, Judges 6, 11 through 16. It says, um, give me just one second. Um, uh, here we go. One day the angel of God came and sat down under the oak um, that belonged to Joash, whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press out of sight of the Midianites. The angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. Gideon replied, with me, my master? If God is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracle wonders our parents and grandparents told us about, telling us, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? The fact is, God has nothing to do with us. He has turned us over to Midian. But God faced him directly and said, 
Go in this strength that is yours. Save Israel from Midian. Haven't I just sent you? Gideon said to him, me, my master? How and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me. My clan's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. God said, I'll be with you. Believe me, you'll defeat Midian as one man. So he wasn't asked to wait until it was a better time. There was less, when there was less going on or less stress in his family or that his entire community wasn't just being taken over by an army. Like, he wasn't asked to just wait. He was asked to step into that role. He was asked to step into that calling. We, as followers of Christ, should send in our resume and be willing to accept the job. That's what our calling is. Let him use you now. You take even um, the boy with five loaves and two fish in John 6, 5 through 11. It says... When Jesus looked out and saw the large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to, Peter, to Philip to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what, what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get, to get a piece. One of the disciples um, it was Andrew, brother of Simon Peter, said, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. Um, Jesus said, make the people sit down. It was a nice carpet of green grass in this place. They sat down, about 5,000 of them. Then Jesus took the bread out, having given thanks, gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish. All ate as much as they wanted. He didn't just run off, the little boy didn't just run off with his lunch pail with the five loaves and two fish, thinking, oh, this is too big of a task. I can't handle this. My, my food is nothing in this drop of an, uh, you know, this crowd. He still just stepped into the calling. He had something to offer, so he did. He offered that food, and that's when the act of faith did something for that crowd, right? It wasn't the fact that, oh, it could feed that many. It's the fact that God was going to take any act of faith that, that anyone was going to provide and do something with it. So those four steps um, from John 6, 5 through 11, it said it first came an act of benevolence. Um, we never enter into the blessing because we think what we have to bring isn't worthy. But the boy didn't think about it not being enough. He just offered it up. God's not calling us to be more worthy than anyone else. He's just wanting to see who steps up. Act in faith. We all have to do it. Next came an act of blessing. He will use what you have available. He blessed what was given. Um, he blessed the generosity. He didn't belittle the boy saying, why didn't you think of bringing more? Why didn't you have more in your lunch pail? He, he didn't just sit there belittling him. He just said, oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll make something of this. I'll make something of this act of, of faith. So what are you waiting for to bring up your offer and what you have for the Lord? Stop waiting for a confirmation. How can God break the bread if you don't give or offer something up? Next came an act of brokenness. 
It didn't multiply when God blessed it. It multiplied when it was broken, when the act of faith was in action. And then next came an act of bounty. God took what was there, and because there was an act of faith, there was more than enough. So the fruit of this that I saw at camp was uh, one of my girls asked to be baptized. And I believe that people shouldn't just make a rash decision just because they want to look cool in front of their friends or look cool in front of, you know, the situation or to the leader or, like, the speaker of the camp. Like, I believe that everyone should make an educated decision about it. So I sat down with her and my girls, and we all read Acts 2 together. Um, We had already been talking all week about um, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted them to know, like, yes, this is something that Jesus did, but we have, we have something that we're supposed to follow after, and we have a, a guidelines to follow after and do once we are baptized. So if you're going to get baptized, here are the steps. So we read Acts 2 together, and then we went down to the lake. And it was just one girl. One girl of mine wanted to get baptized. So we went down. I had the leader there, and I had announced it to a few other leaders. And that small act of obedience turned into 20 to 25 students and adults being baptized. Um, In fact, I was led into baptizing my very first person, um, which just so happened to be my husband, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. And it followed suit with every single one of my girls being baptized. Um, So... um, The girls were challenged, well, everyone was challenged um, to not just leave camp with a memory, but to leave it with a mission. So what is your mission that you're leaving with? The pastors and the youth pastors of the churches shouldn't be the only only people leading people to Jesus. They shouldn't even be the only people baptizing people. If you're called and you've been baptized yourself, then you're already following suit. So where, where are your baptisms? Where are your every day is at the lake, you know, meeting five people and just announcing it and asking people if they want to be baptized. Like, you can do the instilling, you can do the teaching, and then baptize people. That's not out of the question. But if you're not leading people to Jesus and you're not baptizing them, then you're not following the Great Commission because we've been called to do so. In Matthew 28, 16 through 20, it says, um, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of, some of them doubted. Jesus came and told the disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, that's where I'm going to leave it. So thank you guys for listening in. I will have my youth kids here next week to share their testimonies from, from camp as well. But that's all I have for you guys today. So. Great job, Tabitha. It is a wonderful time of uh, being able to have uh, experience uh, our kids with camp and um, I know it's relatively early. It's not terribly early, but we're going to prepare uh, to close so that we can have people get ready that are going to be going down to uh, get baptized. And so um, for those that are getting baptized, here's your instruction, okay? 
besides getting changed into something that you can be in the water in, um, when you get in there, um, you're going to share just um, a brief testimony about why you want to get baptized. You know, share about your faith, that you're just, you know, if it's walking in obedience to the scriptures, those things. Because baptism, is, we taught this last week, baptism is a response of obedience uh, to an experience of salvation or even rededication. Um, some people say, well, I've already been baptized. We talked about that last week also. Um, there is no number of times set that you can only be baptized once. Um, but it is an experience that every time I believe God takes you to a different place in life that the Holy Spirit may come upon you and say, hey, um, you need to die to the old man in this um, and being born anew into the things that God has for you. And so there's a, uh, there is a response that I believe God puts on us in this whole thing. And so uh, uh, we're going to allow people to prepare for that, and then we're just going to meet down at the river. I think there's a song down at the river. But uh, thanks. Kate and Nancy were the only two that jumped in there singing, so I don't So anyways, I don't know. Maybe they'll lead us in that down there. Nancy's still going. You know, it's all right. <laughs> At this time, uh, though, we're going to wait upon you for a morning tithes and offering. And um, Isaac, would you help uh, Brother Jerry there? Ryan is gone. Uh, he's our normal, one of our normal guys back there, but he... Uh, and uh, tasks to work today. And so, all right, let us pray. Father, thank you for this day, for the opportunity to walk in obedience in our giving. Uh, we pray your blessing on this offering, and we just ask for this in your precious name. Amen. All right. So, as soon as you're done, fellowship for a little bit if you need to, but then if you're getting baptized, if you're going to change, change here. There are no bathrooms down there, just so you know. If you, need, if, if you need a place to change, we have lots of bathrooms here. And if you need a private ones, the lower bathrooms or upper bathrooms are available. So, but we uh, just invite all of you down to experience uh, the baptism to celebrate with. Uh, we have at least three that are getting baptized today, maybe more. Um, but we just invite you to come down and be part of that experience today. Uh, God bless you all, love on one another, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you down at the river.